Hey, good morning, Shavuot Tov. Today's daf is daf Samach Beis. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Livia Bas Yishai. It's also for a full shreima of Peretz Ben Pesach. Chai Chaika Bas Baba Mechle and Yitzhak Yehuda Ben Miriam. Um, may they have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, I think let's go for the Mishnah. Did I say today's daf is Samach Beis? Let's go for the Mishnah at the bottom of Samach Aleph Amud Beis. 61b. This page is prim- this daf is primarily about the mitzvah of puravu, the requirements, when is the obligation, etc. And then towards the end, it discusses the advantages of having a wife. I don't know if we'll get there, but we'll try because tomorrow's daf is not any shorter. Um, okay, so the Mishnah starts. A person should not stop. I should not try have, trying to have children unless he has children. But what, how many? What, what does he have to have? So, say he has to have two males, and Beishilel say a male and a female. And where does Beishilel get that from? A male and a female. Hashem, male and a female, Hashem created them. I, when Hashem wanted to set up the world to Okay, um, not the right, um, yet to fill up the world, he started with a male and a female, so so to a, f- a man who has the obligation to procreate and literally pruravu means um, be fruitful and multiply to uh, inhabit the world, it would be mirror Hashem, what Hashem did. That's how Beis Hillel learned. Um, just interesting question. So at the standard way of learning here is that Beis Shammah holds you don't fulfill your obligation until you have two sons. And Vaisilal holds you don't fulfill the obligation until you have a son and a daughter. Comes along, others actually learn that Beishamai hold is actually more lenient, but this doesn't seem to be too well accepted. That even if you have two sons, you yoit say, and obviously, even better, if you have a son and a daughter. Okay, but that's the separate point, and we'll see actually, we're going to actually, there are other opinions in how to learn Beishamai Vaisilal, but we'll come there. So tomorrow I ask a question. It says, It implies from this Mishnah that once you have children, you can stop trying for pruravu, but you can't um, not have a wife. Um, we'll, I'll discuss uh, Nafkamina shortly. It says, Messiah Leila of Nachman Omar Shmuel, which is a proof for Nachman Omar Shmuel, to Omar Afal Pishesh, Adam Kama Bonim, even if a person has many children, also Lamoid below Isha, he shouldn't remain a wife, without a wife. Shenemar Loitov, Heyos, Adam Lavado, it's not good for man to be alone. The Ikat to Omri, some have a slightly different version on how they make this diuk in the Mishnah. So this version was, you st- the Mishnah says you can stop for Pruravu, but you can't stop. Um, go without a wife. They make the deal in the Mishnah that if you do have children, you don't have to worry about having children or having a wife. Is it, uh, it seems to be a rejection of Nachman Omar Shmuel who said that you have to have a child. says, If he has children, if he does not have children, he has to have a, he has to marry someone who can have children. But if he already has children, he can marry someone who is not able to have children. Says Nafgamina, what would be a diff, uh, ramification in this? Limkor Sefer Torah, Bishul Bonim, can you sell a Sefer Torah for children? Um, I'll come back. Pardon? There's a, are you, we know that the, one of the exceptions to sell a Sefer Torah is for a person to get married. Can he sell, what happens if he already has children and he's getting married to someone who can't have children? Can he sell the Sefer Torah? It might be that he can only sell the Sefer Torah if he's going to be get, well, then you can ask the question, is, he, is it because, is he allowed to sell a Sefer Torah to have more children, or is he only allowed to sell the Sefer Torah to fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu, i.e. to have the initial one male and one female child? Um, all of these are discussions. We won't have time to go into all of them, but that is halacha. Now, um, Tosas just point out, this is not the nafkamina, this is an additional nafkamina, because we already mentioned a nafkamina, is who you can marry. If a person does not have children, or interesting enough, if you pass it like Brazil, even if a person has uh, seven sons, he still has to marry a woman who can have children. 
where to hopefully have a daughter. If he does not have children, if he does have children, okay, then he can marry a woman. So this is actually, this, whether selling a Sefer Torah, is actually a separate nafgamina. And one second, we've touched on now that there's also a problem to remain without a wife, that uh, we'll come to, yeah, what's the reason for that? So many learn the concern is um, impure thoughts, having a wife uh, protects you to a degree from impure, impure thoughts. Um, and it's interesting, most learn that it's Midrabonin, uh, but some actually learn that, seem to want to learn that it's Doraisa. Um, Yeah, I'll bring from the Rambam a bit later and share what he says on this, but it's very, it's very interesting, but we'll come there later. Yeah, sorry, Benji. If a man can't have children, with his wife can't have children, is adoption uh, like having children? Um, is it? Not. If that's not, but it's the only option. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, I don't want to take away from adoption. It's a huge, huge mitzvah to adopt and look up, raise children to de- wouldn't have uh, parents, etc. That's a phenomenal, huge uh, chesed and mitzvah. But it's not, uh, at essence, it's not the mitzvah of pluravu. Um, obviously, it would be second best if a person can't. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's. Uh, was there another question? Let's go on. It says So we said Beishamai said you have to have two two males. So, so let's just learn that's what the mitzvah. You're not fulfilled according to Beishamai until you have two. My time at Beishamai. What's the source of Beishamai? Says the Beishamai Yalfinim Moshe. They learned it from Moshe. Dichsiv as it says. Bnei Moshe and Gershom veElezer. Moshe had two sons. Gershom veElezer. And then we know he separated from his wife and he didn't have any more children. So we see. So Beishamai say you see all you need is two sons. He'll learn from the creation of the world. As I mentioned earlier, Hashem created a male and a female. So a man's obligation on Pruravu is to create, uh, is to, I guess, procreate, um, to have a male and a female child. Interesting enough with this mitzvah, I mean, this is one of, it's brought as one of the most important mitzvahs, but it's a mitzvah that's very largely not necessarily up to the person. A person can try children and he can't. A person can have a few children and they might all be sons. And no daughters. A person might have a few daughters and no sons. Um, some people just can't have children. Uh, sadly, it's, uh, many people just can't have children. So, uh, so it's a mitzvah that you have almost an oblig. Uh, very simply, it's a little bit of a discussion, but it's a mitzvah you're obligated to try fulfill. But obviously, you can't necess- unless you were negligent or disregarding of it, you can't necessarily be held account- accountable for it. But I guess you can always ask. Should he? Um, you, can, you can ask if you want to get. Uh, into the nitty-gritty, you can ask, um, should he marry someone else? If, he, if he's not having children with one wife, should he marry someone else? Etc. questions like that. Um, pardon? So then obviously, in a certain case that I know that just happened finalized yesterday, you can spend every cent in order to, over years, to try and have children. How much money do you have to spend to have children? I don't. Would that fall into the general general category? We say a person shouldn't. Well, you can sell a safe Torah, but should, would you say that you don't spend more than a fifth of your money on uh, mitzvahs? Would this be a mitzvah rubber, greater mitzvah that no, you spend whatever you have? Or um, look, I mean, let's be honest. Some things are worth sacrificing. You might only be obligated to spend up to a fifth, but something might. But I'm not saying what the halacha is. Um, um, so we said, oh, why doesn't Beishamai learn from the creation of the world? He says, you shouldn't learn out the possible from the impossible. I, when Hashem came to create to creation, He had to create a male and a female, because if He didn't create one of them, if Hashem just created two males, well, then there wouldn't be a world. So it's impossible for Hashem to populate the world without with anything other than a male and a female. So we can't learn so Beishama say you can't learn from there to say that's so to by man. And that's why he goes back to Moshe. Oh Beishilel Nami Lilfimi Moshe, one of Basil learn from Moshe. So Omri Lakha Moshe Midate Huda Ovid Moshe they say this, then Moshe separated from his wife was based on his own understanding. Not necessarily that he had fulfilled the mitzvah of Pruravus. He said, it's no longer necessary for me to remain with my wife. It was because of a drosha he made. As we'll see, the Tanya, as we learned in the Bryce of Shalosh, Moshe, Moshe, Midato, Veskimo, Dato, Ladas, Hamokom. 
um, there were three things that Moshe did based on his own intellect. I, he worked out his own calculation and, I, and it actually lined up with what Hashem wanted. I, so kind of, if you can say it the other way around, Hashem agreed with Moshe's decision. Very interesting, almost saying that basically every halacha and everything you see regarding Moshe in the Torah, he did with, he asked, Hashem uh, told him what to do. These three things, Moshe weighed it up himself, as we'll see, and he did it. What were they? Pirish Menesha, he separated from his wife. Shibra Haluchas, he broke the Luchas for Hosef Yom Echot, and he added one day. We'll explain each of those now. Pirish Menesha, he separated from his wife. My Dorish, what did he expound? So Omar, he says, Omar, yes. So this was after Matan Torah. We know that Moshe separated from Sipara, his wife. He says, Omar, Yisrael, Shaloi, Dover, Imo, Shechina, El, Lefi, Shah, Vekavala, Zman. Just as Moshe said, B'nai Yisrael, of speaking to Hashem once of and there's a set time. Right, so they could, they knew they were going to speak to Hashem at Matan Torah, so they could easily plan it to separate from Israel. Still, Hashem said, um, and they set the time. So therefore, Omri Torah, as the Torah says, I'll take Shuel do not approach your wife. So, I'll myself who am, who am set aside to speak to Hashem all the time, and there's no set time. I should definitely have to separate from his wife, from my wife. Tosas asks, um, I'll come back to this. And his, his, his intent lined up with Hashem. As the Apostle says, Hashem said, Tell B'nai Israel to return to their tents. And you remain here with me. So this is just a fascinating point on this. So firstly, Tosas asks, Wait, a Kalvachomer, a drosha that you make based on Logic. Um, if you say in case A, which is less likely, then how much more so in case B, which is either more severe or more likely? So here, if Moshe is making a kavu chomer, if B'nai Israel who speak to Hashem once or have to separate from their wives before their set meeting because they know it, well then how much more so? Me, Moshe, who speaks to Hashem all the time, have to separate from my wife, and especially since I don't know when it is, so I can't plan in advance. So Tosos asks, if it's a Kalva Chomer, then it's Doraisa. It's not something that Moshe decided and Hashem agrees. It's actually Doraisa. So that Tosos show why it's not a real good Kalva Chomer. But here there's a fascinating Tosos Dixiv. Um, there's so many, I mean, this stuff is interesting without bringing in added interesting points, but I just have to bring in a few. <laughs> Can't resist. So he says here, so he says, He says, Why do we see that Moshe separated from his wife based on his own decision? Why? Because everyone separated from their wives for Matan Torah, and Moshe never got the permission to go back. As it says by Moshe, you remain with me. I, you. It says, everyone had to separate from their wives. Then Hashem said, tell everyone to go back to their tents, but you, Moshe, remain with me. I, you, Moshe, don't return to your wives. Oh, hell is a euphemism for wife. Um, not, I don't know if euphemism is the right word. Or, uh, another word for wife. So, so we see that Moshe was never allowed to go back. So isn't it a mitzvah from Hashem that Moshe must not go back to his wife. So where do we see that Moshe decided himself? So he says, He says, no. He says, why did Aaron and Miriam get cross with Moshe that they spoke Lash and Horror about him? You know, it's a famous story where Miriam and Moshe spoke Lash and Horror and Miriam ended up getting Sarah, excuse me, etc. Because Moshe decided to separate from his wife. Now, if Moshe had, if Hashem had told Moshe to separate from his wife, they wouldn't have got cross with him. It's what Hashem commanded. Must be they got cross with Moshe because he decided himself. When Moshe heard Hashem tell Ben Israel, don't approach your wives, I just before Matan Torah, he made a kavu chomer on himself that he must separate from his wife, and therefore either he gave her a separate tent, either they separated, or he gave her a get. And that's why Moshe and Miriam and Aaron got cross with him. He says, but wait, we only find that Moshe and Miriam, Miriam and Aaron got cross with Moshe much later. We're saying by Matan Torah, just before Matan Torah, Moshe had decided he must separate from his wife. And by Matan Torah, Hashem says, okay, I agree with you. What's your decision? Stay with me. A few months later, a few years later, Bachatzeros, <coughs> Miriam and Aaron get very cross with Moshe. Why are you separating 
with your wives. He says, That's when they found out that Moshe had separated from his wife. Why? Because at that time, I'm, I'm not going to read it inside Tosvos, um, there they were saying, it was where they were, the 70 elders were being appointed for the Sanhedrin, and there were two elder and Medad prophesy, prophesying in the camp. And they, some people came and complained, how can, wow, look how amazing they are, they're prophesying, and uh, this is wonderful. And Zipporah says, oh, woe to their wives, now they're going to have to separate from their wives. So Moshe and I, Miriam then was like, what? You separate from your wives? We're all prophets, me and I are all prophets, we haven't separated from our spouses. She says, no, Moshe separated from me. So only much later, that's when they, by that case, much later when Moshe was setting up the, when Elder and Maid, I think it's when Elder and Maidad were prophesying, um, that's when they found out about it. Now then, so it says, says, but wait, then, but still, why did they get cross with Moshe? So we know the Seder of events, as we've said it is, Moshe separated from his wife, then Hashem said, you're right, stay with, uh, I'm happy with your decision, stay with me. And a few months later, Miriam and Aaron found out that he had separated from his wife. Why did they get cross with him? Hashem had told Moshe, I agree with your decision. So this is fascinating. It says, In a, the way the person wants to go, that's the way Hashem enables them to go. So the, the simple way of reading this would yes. be that, like, you shouldn't have thought along these lines and now that you had to end up separating with your wife. But I once heard an amazing chat. He says, no, he says, when all the time when we're living our lives, we live them saying, oh, look, this is what Hashem wants me to do. Oh, the robot was red. That's an excuse. I'm, I'm exempt from Mincha today. That's the, the robot's green. That means I better go to Mincha today. You know, we're making all these signs, or we're hearing these voices in our heads all the time to how to make these decisions. But those decisions, what we hear in our head, is telling us to go in the way that we actually want to go. And that's what Miriam and Aaron were shouting at Moshe. Oh, you decided to separate from your wife, and you heard in your head and made this Joshua, oh, I must separate from your wife. That carries no valid, v- validity. If you had thought about it, you know, should I, shouldn't I separate from my wife? And then you get an answer, it's one thing. But to decide to separate from your wife and then hear Hashem agree with you, that's meaningless. So that's an interesting way of looking at it, that yeah, when we hear voices in our head, um, it's not, uh, we're often hearing what we want to hear. Even prophets have to be careful that they're not hearing what they want to hear, that they're hearing what Hashem encourages them. Okay, let's carry on. So that's, uh, that's uh, Moshe separating from his wife, and Hashem agreed to him. The next one was Shiveres Aluchos, my Dorash. How did Moshe know to break the Luchos? So Amor Umap Echon if the Koban Pesach, which is just one of 613 mitzvahs, it says anyone who's a strange eye serves up what is Zorah, is not allowed to eat from the Koban Pesach. Well, the whole Torah is uh, given to them and they mumorim. How much more so they shouldn't get it. And, Moshe, and so he decided he better broke the Luchos and Hashem, he, he actually lined up with Hashem's intent. As it's written, the Luchos which you broke. Make the drosh as follows. Omer le'akodesh bochu le'moshe yasha koichu choshe shibarto. Asher means happy here, like I well done. Yasha koichu cho, like we well done that you broke it. Now and then the third one, and this is the hoisif yom echod midato. Moshe added on a day from his own intent. I this was before Matan Torah. Hashem told Moshe, "Set they must separate from your wives today and tomorrow." I for two days. And Moshe, as we're going to see, made a drosha that they must separate from their wives for a third day before Matan Torah. Which is my Doresh, Dirsivuk Sha'u, Bekidashtem, Hayom Mokhor. Hashem said, You must sanctify yourself today and tomorrow. You mustn't be with your wives. Hayom Komokhor. So Moshe made the drosha today like tomorrow. Ma Mokhor, Lailo Imo, Afayom, Lailo Imo. Just as tomorrow it must be a full day, so too today must be a full day. With its night, I not and then day. As opposed to the day when Hashem was speaking to Moshe is not night and then day, it's just the day. So, Da'in and Ofak lay, part of today has already, pro, has already passed. I learned from here that it must be two days besides for today. And Hashem agreed to him because the Shechina didn't rest until Shabbos. Think about this is one of the most amazing things. Moshe's Drosha delayed Matan Torah. Matan Torah. This was all happened on a Wednesday. Hashem told him, sanctify yourselves today and tomorrow. I and Matan Torah will be on Friday. 
Moshe Gamelon wait today like tomorrow. Oh, we must have two full days. I'm pushing off Machtan Torah till Shabbos. And Hashem agreed. Hashem didn't come on Friday. He came on Shabbos. So that was Moshe's three choices. But what do we see? Moshe separated from his wife based on a different calculation, not on the calculation, ah, oh, by having two sons, I fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu. He separated from his wife based on another drosha, and that's what Hashem, um, and that's why Basil will say we can't learn from there. Now, now other opinions in Beisham Basil. Tanya Rebbe Nathan Omer, Rebbe Nathan says Beisham Omer Shnei Zacharim Ushnei Dekavos. A person has to have four children to fulfill the mitzvah, two sons and two daughters. Well, Basil Omer Zacharim and a Kavos. Basil say no, just a male or female like we saw before. Omer Rufu and my time with Rebbe Nathan. What alibud the Beisham? What was the reason for that? That you need two males and two females? Dichsiva says but Tosif Loleres Es Ochiv Es Hevel. She continued to, she gave birth to, and his brother, and Hevel. Every time it says S, Bachava giving birth to Kain and Hevel, the S adds a sister. So Hevel, Vachosa, Kain, Vachosa. Uksiv, and it's written, Kishos, Lielokim, Zera, Achar, Tachas, Hevel, Kihargo, Kain. And she then said later on, she says, Hashem has granted me another son in the place of Kain. I, I wasn't fulfilling the mitzvah of Kain, and luckily I had another son to fulfill that mitzvah, because it seems you need two sons and two daughters. Of Rabbonin, those who argue on this, Joshua, why do they ignore it? How do they understand um, Chava when she said, oh, look, I've got a son in place of my son? She says, No, she's expressing her thanks to Hashem. I thank you that I have a son to replace my son that was killed. Remember, Kain killed Hevel. But... But that's a third of, that's a Beisham, another opinion Beisham, that you need four sons. Uh, okay, now Tanya Idech, another Brice Rebbe, also Nome Beisham, Omrim Zohar on a Kaifa, Beisil Omrim Oizohar on a Kaifa. A third, a fourth opinion in how to understand Beisham, say you need a male and a female, Beisil say you need either a male or a female. Omarova, my time at Rebbe Nosson, I live with Where does Rebbe Nosson get, in Beisil, get this eye that you can fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu with either a son or a daughter? Shinemar, it says, Loto, Varola, Sheves, Yotra. I did not create the world to be empty. Losheves Yotra, I created to be settled, to be inhabited. As soon as a person has a child, he's fulfilled that requirement of having, of uh, settling the world, not leaving it uninhabited. And there's very interesting, something to look into, we're not going to discuss it in today's stuff, but just to be aware of, there seems to be one mitzvah of pruravu, be fruitful and multiple, another mitzvah of Yotra, I did not create the world to be uninhabited, I created it to be inhabited and settled. So are those two separate mitzvahs? When do they overlap? What are the different requirements? Okay, carrying on. What happens if someone had children when they were not Jewish and then they converted? Fascinating question. Do they fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu or as a Jew do they have to have children? So Rabbi Yochanan, Ramakam Peri of Arabia, Reish Lakish, Ramakam Peri of Arabia, Rabbi Yochanan says they fulfill the mitzvah of Puravu and Reish Lakish says they don't. Rabbi Yochanan, Ramakam Peri of Dohavalu. Rabbi Yochanan says at the end of the day he had children. You can't say that he didn't have children. Says Reish Lakish, Ramakam Peri of Arabia, Gershon is Kaikul Katun Shanoila Dami, and base. Um, Reish Lakish says, no, a convert is like a newly born person. He's a new person, and as he's a new person, he doesn't have children, so he still has to have children. Ah, so that's a Machlokas Rishonim. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who says he does fulfill his obligation, is that only if the children convert, or even if they don't convert. And I think that could be, and partially, maybe... He's just says, how do you understand the mitzvah of Puravu? As a Jew, we have an obligation to have children. How far does that go? It might be that built into the obligation of Puravu is raising people who serve Hashem. So if you, um, I heard Rav Shechter say, he says if you live in a society, an environment where it's very, very, very unlikely that your children will grow up religious or grow up uh, God-fearing, then uh, you don't have the mitzvah. He says, for example, he thinks in Soviet Russia there was not necessarily the obligation of, uh, of Pruravu because the chances of raising your children as, as uh, I guess, uh, Jews was very, very small. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, don't, I, I hadn't heard that novel, I think it's a novelty that Rav Shechter is saying, I hadn't heard it before, but I think it shines light on, as a parent, maybe you can extend it to as a grandparent, um, your role in, the, it's, it's not good enough to just have the children, you have to invest in them as well.
which uh, we would understand. We've just got to keep in mind the values. What are our values? Um, but yeah, that's an interesting machlok. Again, I was just trying to explain, but it is an interesting machlok. As do the children have to convert according to Rabbi Yochanan? Contrary to Lakesh, they're not your children. It doesn't help. But according to Rabbi Yochanan, that it does count. Does it only count if they convert or not? Um, that's a machlok as we shown him. Um, yeah, our question is, Rabbi Yochanan clearly also holds for this gersh and his gash, and shenola dami. So how does he hold it? does count. So it seems there might be an aspect of a deed done by a non-Jew and then converts doesn't cancel out the deeds he's done. I mean, the Gomorrah elsewhere, they, this is one of the connections they bring. If a non-Jew murders and then he converts, we say, ah, oh, he's, he's a new person, he didn't murder. No, he's still murdered and he's still held accountable for it. So, so yeah, he did, have, he did the deed of having children. He's had children. So it carries across. Okay, but that's a thing. This actually lines up with them elsewhere. If he had children when he was an Oyved Kochavim, when he was a non Jew, and then he converted when his guy here. Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Ein lo bechor lenachla doha havelei reishis. Oh no, Rabbi Yochanan says he doesn't have a firstborn for nachla because he's already had his first uh, vigor. He's already had a child. Reish lakesh Omer, yeish lo bechor lenachla geish in his guy kekatan shenaladami. No, his newly born son, his firstborn son, would be a firstborn to inherit a double share because he's like a newly born son. But Shricha, and actually we need ma- it seems to be saying the same thing. Do we count the children that he had before he converted as not? So no, he says, but Shricha, we need both machlokes. Diish minim bahi kamaisa, bahi kamer biyochan mishum temei koronami b'nei peria b'rivyuninu. It says, if you call even in the first, if you hold Rabbi Yochanan only said his halacha b'pruravu, um, there maybe it's because non-Jews have a connection to the mitzvah of pruravu. I'm explaining it why there are multiple ways to explain it, but what is that connection? Is that before Matan Torah, the mitzvah of Pruravu was also on non-Jews. After Matan Torah, the mitzvah was gets transferred, only given only to Jews. But so we see non-Jews have an affinity to this mitzvah. So maybe there. But their laws of inheritance are so different to ours. There's like no connection. Maybe Rabbi Yechanan agrees to Reish Lakish Ba Nachala that there is not a firstborn. The eat my baha, and if you only said it by nachala, bahoka omarish lokish, maybe Rish Lokish only said it here that they're not a bachor, aval bahi, but in regards to pruravu, aima modilad rebiochna, maybe agrees to rebiochna, and again because they connected, they do have an affinity and a connection to the mitzvah, shricha, therefore we need both cases. Okay, but again, so it's across the board. How do we view the children of the convert? At that time, Brodach sent Bladan ben Ladal, sent to Bladan ben Ladal, the king of Babel. We see that he's referred to as Bladan ben Bladad. It calls him by his father's name. Now, if you're going to tell me that children that a non-Jew has are not connected, don't count as his children, well then, why is it calling him Bladan ben Ladan? So, no. says, before they convert, obviously they have a connection. But after he converts, that's when he say like he's a newly born person and he doesn't have any connection to his sons that were born previously. Okay, so he stands up to the test. Rav. Rav says, Everyone agrees with an ever that he's not connected to his children. I said, granted, we have a machloikesh, reishlokesh, and rebiyechlan, whether the converse children count. But in Eves, children definitely don't. As it's written, Avram told uh, his servant Eliezer, remain here with the donkey. Make a drosha, the nation that is comparable to a donkey. I, just as we don't view animals as connected to their offspring, so too um, a slave. They challenged us. Shaul's family had a slave named Tziva, and the Pesach says about him that he had 15 sons and 20 slaves. But we see his sons, he was a slave, he's an Evakanani, and it connects his sons to him. So Amar Avachim no, Kampar Ben Bokor, it's just saying, like, just as we mentioned, a bull, the son of a cow, a bull that is, like, I, just a fact, so to my slaves, it's just a fact. I biologically, you're right, biologically they're connected, but halakhically they're not connected at all. Well, then maybe we should say the same thing by non-Jews. Granted, it says, Bladan ben Bladan, I referring to him by his father's name. There it's also, maybe it's just stating that, yeah, that's where he comes from, just like a 
calf comes from a cow, he comes from his father. He's conne- but not that there's a real halachic connection. So no, shiny hasam diyachsinu bishmayu bishmo davun vahacha loy meforesh. It says, no, there's a difference because there it calls him by his name and his father's name. I, we clearly see, by the fact that it's giving them names and saying it, it's g- creating the affinity. It's creating the halachic significance. But here it doesn't specify it. Of the Ibois, alternatively, you can say, Another source is that actually it, it ties it three generations back. Now, if it's just a kind of a biological fact as, as opposed to telling us the halachic reality that they connected, why would it say who his grandfather is? So that's why it must be it's because it's significant they are considered connected. Okay, now we're carrying on with our lock. Back to the halachas of Pruravu Itmar. What happens if he had children and they died? Ravuna Omer Kaim Prayer Review. Ravuna says he has fulfilled the mitzvah of Prayer Review of, of Pruravu. And Rabbi Yochanan Omer Lo Kaim. Rabbi Yochanan says he has not fulfilled his obligation. Ravuna Omer Kaim. Mishum the Rav Asi. Ravuna says he is Kaim because of the teaching of Rav Asi. I, he connects Pruravu to to an interesting, to a fascinating point of Ravasi. Why do Omar Ravasi? Ravasi says, Ben David Mashiach will not come until all the Neshamas from the Guf are finished. There's this room Hashem has that when He created the world, He created all the Neshamas. That room's called the Guf and He put all the Neshamas in there. And only when there's been enough people born that He keeps on putting in new Neshamas will Mashiach Ben David come. Um, says says so, so therefore that's what he's saying he's saying look he's tying the mitzvah of Pruravut to bringing the redemption I mean this is a fascinating approach to tie Pruravut he's saying well, what are you doing by having children you're bringing the redemption closer because every person who has a child it takes neshamas out of the goof out of that chamber called the goof and it's that much closer to bring Mashiach. So he says, if you've had children, even if they don't survive, you've fulfilled that requirement. Does imply that there's a finite number. <laughs> then you can run on to interesting questions. What happened? How do you do with reincarnation? Exactly, that's the next <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so maybe. Uh, and then there, there are other questions also that it seems uh, Mashiach can come. If we're good, then Mashiach will come. I. Or, or as a, let, let's, let me put it more concrete. Not if we There's a Gomorrah in Shabbos which says if Bnei Israel keep two Shabbases, Mashiach will come. So what happens if they keep Shabbos before the two two Shabbases before all the Neshamas in the Guf are finished? Yeah. So, so I mean, so that's but according to Ravasi, that's not as soon as the Neshama comes into the world. I mean, it's taken out of the Guf, out of that chamber, and put into this world. And then it will go to Alam Haba. It goes to di- after the person's died. It goes to a different place. So, um, sadly, no matter how many people have died, it doesn't detract from the Mashiach's coming closer. Um, if anything, that sped things up. The Mashiach coming closer, and maybe that's why we see such miraculous events uh, um, happen soon after that the establishment of the state of Israel. That, but yeah, um, but that's what he's saying. He's saying the mitzvah of Puravu is tied to that concept, so that if a person does have children, even if they die, he still fulfilled his mitzvah of Puravu because he has brought the thing closer. Um, yeah. Rabbi Yochanan says you have not fulfilled the mitzvah of Pruravu because part of the requirement is to inhabit the world, and that you haven't done. If sadly one's children pass away, he hasn't fulfilled, he hasn't uh, inhabited the world. They challenged, he challenged Rav Huna. Bnei Bonim, Harei Hainkabonim. It says his grandchildren are like his sons. And therefore, how we're understanding it at the moment is that this is, again, this, this in the context of this was said in, in a Bryce's connection to the previous Mishnah. So um, he's, um, he has to have a, a male and a female child, and his grandsons are like his children. So we're understanding this at the moment, that if a man has a son and a daughter, and let's just assume his son died, but his son had already had another child, he has, since he has a grandson, the grandfather has fulfilled his mitzvah. 
But we see, yeah, you guys are, yeah, you guys are past this discussion, but it's still, uh, I think it's still a fascinating one, an important one to realize uh, about, to learn about this mitzvah. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so it seems though that you need to have surviving relatives. So it's not if someone's son dies, it doesn't count, but if he has grandchildren, then it does count. So he doesn't have to. I mean, interestingly, there's a, there's a principle, we actually learn it from, by Kodjim, but if you learn about a piece of, of Torah, as if you fulfill that mitzvah. So if it's such a great mitzvah, especially once uh, you can still, even though you've already fulfilled the mitzvah, you can still learn about it and add on to fulfilling the mitzvah. Okay, but uh, that would be a separate hashlim. So he says, no, when he's speaking about that's to make up. Uh, he had two children. One of his children died. As long as that child had a child, it makes up for it. It counts as one of the two that he had to have. Not that he has to, that he's only Yotze because he has a grandchild, but that it counts as if he's had two children. If one of his children die or it turns out that he, that child can't have children, he hasn't fulfilled the mitzvah pruravu. So that's a rejection of this, yeah, this is actually a rejection of Rafuna. It's not, you don't tie, I'm not, I, I don't know if it's saying that they're not tied together, the mitzvah of Pruravu is, is tied to, to an aspect of every, it brings the redemption closer, but it's, it's saying that halachically you don't, there's also the aspect of inhabiting the world, and therefore if a person has two children, and one of them, Chasva Shalom, die. He has not fulfilled the mitzvah. Okay, b'nei bonim harayim kabonim. So we mentioned this point. Says over Rabbi Lameima Brola Bro Bartel Barta. If his son has a son, or if his daughter has a daughter, the kolsha came Brola Barta. And how much more so if his daughter he has a son? Have a Bartel Bro. But if his son has a daughter, law he should not fulfill his obligation. I somehow I, I couldn't work out what it is, but by a hold that having a Son, there's an aspect of having a son that is superior to having a daughter. So granted, you have the mitzvah of having a son and a daughter. If your son dies, but he only leaves behind a daughter, it doesn't count. Because now you've got an inferior pruravu. I don't, know, I don't know why he would say that, where he gets to see that from, but that's a by suggestion. Amalei Rav, Rav says, no, the No, the whole point, the whole the guideline to this is, is the world being inhabited? And it is. So therefore, you clearly don't have to have. The Kuli Amomiyah's Tremi Chadlo. Everyone agrees, however, if a person has one child and that child has two children, he does not fulfill the mitzvah. The law, you tell me it doesn't. For They told, the, the sages told Rav Sheshesh, you must get married so you can have a son. It seems he had a daughter and he wasn't having a son. So he says, he says, no, my daughter's sons are like my sons. So he's saying that, no, my daughter's sons count as my sons. So I have fulfilled the mitzvah of Pruravua. As long as one of your children have two children, you now have fulfilled the mitzvah. He says, no. He was just brushing them off because Rav Sheshes was sterile from the shiurim of Rav Huna. The Gemara holds that if you hold in from going to the bathroom too long, it makes you sterile. And Rav Huna used to give these very, very long shirim. And, um, and no one would dare leave in the middle of a shir. <laughs> that, uh, so therefore, Rav Sheshes actually became sterile. And that's why he, he, he clearly didn't have the mitzvah of Pruravu anymore. And that's why he brushed them off by saying, oh, I already have children. But not that uh, the halacha is, you, a person has to have two children, survived by children. To have just one child, even if they have a few children, that doesn't count for his mitzvah of pruravu. What's the source that grandchildren are like children? Maybe it's because Lavan said to Yaakov, "Will your daughter, the daughters, I, your daughters are like my daughters." I remember Lavan was Yaakov's father-in-law, so your grandchildren. My grandchildren are my daughters, and my grandsons are my sons. But he said, your flock are my flock, which clearly that's not what it means. So he says, just as by there it means, 
you acquired them from me. I have a, I have a hold on a, a degree. It's all from me. So too, your children are from me. Uh, you acquired them from me. It says, No, we actually learn it from here. That it says that Chatron from um, Chatron came to the daughter of Machir, the father of Gilad, and she gave birth to Shekuv. And it's written, From Machir came lawgivers. So, but it says that Yehuda was the lawgiver. Uh, so, so it's quite confusing, but basically it's like, Mochir was from Menashe. So when it says that she from Mochir had a child um, who was a lawgiver, that can't be because Mochir is from the tribe of Menashe. And the Torah tells us that the lawgivers, the, this Mochoikek, the category of Mochoikek is from the tribe of Yehuda. So we must be saying that Mochir's grandchildren from a, whose wife was, whose daughter-in-law was Yehuda, count as his children. And that's why you can say Mechir had a child who was a lawgiver, even though he's from Anashe, Mechir's um, grandchild. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% clear, but basically along those lines that you must be counting in the daughter who's from Yehuda, and therefore we see that um, it's counted as Yehuda's grandchild, even though it's through the daughter. So we see Pruravu, as long as your daughters, it seems for sons we obviously, but obviously even for daughters, as long as they have children, it counts as your, it counts as your children, you've fulfilled your mitzvah Pruravu. Okay, now we go back to our Mishnah. Matnis in the life Yeshua, our Mishnah doesn't seem in line with Rabbi Yeshua, because our Mishnah said once you have, as long as you have, a hill, a son and a daughter. You don't have to worry about pruravu anymore. You don't have to worry about um, having any more children. But what about Rabbi Detanya, Rabbi Yeshua? But Rabbi Yeshua says, If a person marries a woman when he's young, he must get married again when he's older. If he has children in his youth, he must have children in his Old age, it says, If a person has children in his, well, when a person sows in the morning, he must sow in the evening. Don't rest your hand. If he has children when he's younger, he must continue to have children because he doesn't know which one will turn out kosher. Will it be this one or this one? Or maybe it will be both of them. But I almost, he should have as many children as possible so that hopefully at least some of them will turn out good. Interesting, uh, I mean, if you follow on to the Pasuk. But that is Rabbi Yoshua's drosha of the requirement um, that there's a further requirement to have children. Even if you fulfill the mitzvah puravu, there's still a mitzvah to have children. Many, most learn that this is a mitzvah to Rabbonin. I this to have more children. Um, and we'll discuss, I'll come back to that shortly. He says, We can just know, even if you've learned Torah when you're young, learn Torah when you're old. Obviously, however old you have the obligation to Torah, so I saw Art Scroll explain that. No, saying like, you don't say, like, oh, I learned that parish, or I learned that uh, Gomorrah when I was younger, I don't have to learn it anymore. No, always relearn, learn things again. Um, when you have, even if you had Talmudim when you were younger, still learn to get more Talmudim when you're older. etc. In the youth, sow your seed and in the and carry on when you're older. Um, so even when you, if you have students when you're young, still make sure to have students when you're older. And this now brings us it's a may, uh, uh, how coincidence is because as long as it fits in with one of. Uh, uh, 50 days it would it would be relevant to the time but this is this is what the time we're in now says to illustrate this point that a person must never stop have, making sure to have Talmudim and teach Torah it says 12,000 pairs of students and they all stayed in the region of Gibas to Antipras and they all died in one time because they didn't Honor each other. And the world was actually desolate. There was no one teaching or spreading Torah 
until Rabbi Akiva came to the sages in the south for Shonam Lahem and he taught them. Who were they, Rabbi? You'll see these, you'll notice these names are from the pillars of our Mishnah. Since Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yoisi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Loza ben Shemua. The Haim Haim Hemidu Torah, Oisashah, and they reestablished Torah at that time. And the brides are taught they all died. When did they die? Pesach, between Pesach and Shvuas. They all died a very terrible death. What was it? Askara, some throat disease that you kind of choke, almost choke to death or something like that. Um, so just um, just a few points on this. Why don't you think? What's the connection between honoring and life? Okay, the Maral brings a few Gomorrahs where we see that. So he explains it also. I'm not going to explain it now. But there's clearly a connection. They didn't honor each other. Therefore, they died. There's a connection between showing respect, giving honor, and laugh. Um, further, why in this time? Why did they die between Pesach and Shavuot? Because when you have Tamidei Chachomim who don't respect each other, that actually detracts from the Torah itself. It, it shows a lack of appreciation, a lack of value in the Torah, if I can't respect someone who learns Torah, then I clearly don't value Torah to the correct degree. And therefore, this is the time from Pesach to Shuas when we're building up, we're counting day by day, building up, getting ready for Matan Torah. That's the clearest time that you, um, that's, it's, a, it's the clearest time when you should be focusing on the value on Torah and working up to it. And they're detracting from that. And that adds into also why they had a strange death. So they had a strange death and they all died in a very specific time to show that it wasn't just a regular plague. Um, we're getting more familiar with it, but throughout history there have been plagues that have wiped out large parts of the population. So you might say, no, there's nothing wrong with Rabbi Akiva's students. It was very sadly a, a regular plague. Like Rabbi Akiva. I think that it's a. So I'm trying to. Yeah, so I have to. Uh, obey, uh, yeah. It's interesting, we don't share attribute anything to Rabbi Kiva. If anything, we say Rabbi Kiva had his children, uh, his students, something happened to them, and very luckily and praiseworthy, he had more students. You're right, there must be something, and I vaguely recall, it rings a bell that. That somewhere shows where Rabbi someone they might have misinterpreted one of Rabbi Akiva's lessons. Um, but on the other hand, we find Rabbi Akiva is the one who says, Unless he learned from his first 24,000 students and said, well, Oh, wait, there's something seriously lacking, and I need to adjust my, my values of my institution. May, uh, so maybe that's where he got that from. I'm not, but it does ring a, I'm saying it is ironic that it's, or. Counterintuitive that it's Rabbi Akiva who teaches that lessons when his students are unless maybe you're saying he learned his lesson. Um, I think it's a fair point and a good point, and a, it does ring a bell. I just don't remember. No, no, because uh, it stems from somewhere. I mean, interesting. We say uh, um, we say where did Sadok and Baitus come from? You know, the Tzidukim and the Baitusim who didn't believe in the oral Torah and doesn't because they're Rebbe. And Tignos Ishocha taught. Evaymi Tamidim shall... What's it? Uh, no, sorry. Um, be like... Don't be like slaves who serve their master on, on condition for reward. Be like slaves who serve their master for no reward. So, I said, what? so they misinterpreted that and they said, what do you mean? Um, that there's no reward? You know, there's definitely reward. Clearly what Chazal say is nonsense. And then they disregarded Torah um, But there does seem, we do kind of seem to attach it to him. So it must be. But maybe that's, uh, maybe Einachinami, Rabbi Akiva, we'll have to, I'll have to look into more. As I said, it rings a bell that there is some lesson he must have used. There must have been something lacking in uh, the yeshiva. And maybe that's when, maybe that's when he realized the importance of after Zeklal God of Torah. So I, I wouldn't say, it's, uh, whether it's the correct answer or not, I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a very insightful question. That's a, okay. Ramasana says the aloha is like Rabbi Yeshua, that a person must have continued to have children. So we'll end off on this point, but just to mention, so we mentioned three aspects to the mitzvah of Puravu. The first one of the mission is that, and this is the primary mitzvah, mitzvah Doraisa, to have a point to Basil, a son and a daughter. Again, obviously, as we said, the exact parameters of how far you have to go try, because this mitzvah is largely on a mitzvah you try to do, and hopefully Hashem gives you the bracha that you 
merit to have children. Um, that's the one aspect. We saw also if if one of if the children die, you, then a person has to have more children. It doesn't they don't count if they have deceased unless he has grandchildren from them. Um, then uh, that's the one level. The, the other aspect we saw is that a person mustn't remain without a wife. That we saw right after the Mishnah, and that seems to be because it protects him from uh, I guess impure thoughts. And then the third aspect we saw, which we say in the halacha, is like. Rebbe Yoshua, that even if a person has fulfilled the mitzvah of Puruvu, it's still a mitzvah to continue to have more children. Um, now, what you have to analyze is how far do we go for each of these? Obviously, we know for the mitzvah of Puruvu, you can sell a safer Torah. Can you sell a safer Torah? Let's say a person has uh, five children, and he, but he can't afford school fees if he's going to have another child. So can he sell a safer Torah so he can afford the school fees for his sixth and seventh child? How far do you go for these added mitzvahs that we've discussed? Also, I guess in general you can ask the question. If you have a mitzvah, to a degree you have to fulfill it regardless of your own personal calculations. You know, I don't know if we can really handle having two children. I don't know if... Uh, if I can afford to have children, those questions are not necessarily so valid in light of the mitzvah is have children. But if it's an added mitzvah of, no, there's a, there's a mitzvah derabonon or a mala that um, don't, uh, um, to have as many children as you can, maybe as soon as a person feels that they're emotionally stressed, financially dra- uh, emotionally drained from how many children they do have and it's very financially stressful. Maybe those are now, those are much more valid concerns in light of a Midrabona than in light of a Doraisa. So that's something to think about. Um, just one um, other thing, just let me find it quickly. The Rambam says on this mitzvah very interestingly, he says that, that's where he discusses all these halachas, it's worth reading through them, but I'm just going to give a quote uh, excerpt from one of the halachas. He says, um, even if a person fulfilled the mitzvah it's a mitzvah that he shouldn't from having more children as long as he has the strength any additional person any additional soul that you add to the Jewish community it says if he builds a whole world so that's, I think that's a perspective on having children that the Rambam brings um, very uh, fascinating and we'll have to leave it here for today